welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I am your host, Gary Cacciolillo. And before we get started, I want to thank all my listeners for listening. And also thank the contributors to my show, who are executive producers Candice Anderson, author of The Reluctant Messenger, and Ms. Aida, author of Who Do Cleansing Protection Magic, binaural production engineer Damian Keller, author of Sounds Good, Sounds Great, and monthly co-host Jared Murphy, author of It's Not Aliens, It's Worse, It's Us. And if you are interested in becoming a contributor to the show, go to my website, everythingimaginable2020.com. You'll find everything you need there. And now, before we get started, as I've announced a couple other episodes, I'm still recording out of this camper in the middle of the Pine Barrens. So you're probably going to hear dogs, cats, cars, and all kinds of other crazy stuff in the background. But I promise in a couple weeks, hopefully, things will be back to normal. And now, without further ado, our guest for today is Leslie Sampson. She is a psychic medium and has a book out called Find Your Twin Flame. I have to say, honestly, I am a professional at extinguishing twin flames. <laughs> That's a new one. I've not heard of that. Oh, yeah. I am the twin flame extinguisher. <laughs> and when why it, would you want do that gary i don't want to it just happens every time i get married something bad happens well i don't know that you might want to look at that differently it doesn't necessarily mean that you're a twin flame extinguisher if something bad happens when you get married mm. that's how i ended up living in this trailer in the middle of the pine barrens oh <laughs> well <laughs> I don't know. I'm kind of a little envious. It sounds kind of awesome to live in a trailer wherever you want. I'm kind of envious. I'm only here temporarily. I know, but I'm still envious. <laughs> <laughs> so, so thank you for having me on. I yeah. really appreciate it. Yeah, this is awesome. Um, so where do we start? Do we start with the twin flame thing? Let's start with the twin flame. What is a twin flame? Okay. A twin flame is when a soul is created by your understanding of a higher power. It is split into two pieces. Why? It's, it's, it's done because eventually the purpose of the twin flames is soul evolution. So each, each half is its own complete soul and they have the same spiritual DNA and the same soul blueprint. Mm -hmm. So that means their goals are the same, their life lessons are very are very similar and they and they work on these to achieve soul evolution, which is the point. That is the entire point of twin flames. Why does my soul need to evolve? It evolves so that through each lesson you learn, through each experience that you have, eventually when you share it, no matter how it's shared, it helps the collective. It raises the consciousness. It raises the vibration. Because people are you know, out there looking for this information and they want to know uh, other people's experiences. 
and by sharing that, mm-hmm. it's part of the light worker gig. It's part of being able to assist the, the world while you're here. Could my That's dog why. could my dog be my twin flame? It is possible. A lot of people would say no, but it is possible. <laughs> it is. Um I have the understanding that a lot of people believe that their twin flame is their one true love, the person who's in here on earth that's their soulmate, mm-hmm. which is not the same thing as a twin flame. It's not. But that that it's their one true and they're gonna be find them and be happy and be married. If that happens, fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. But it's not the purpose. It's not the reason why you have you know, the other half to your soul. So what's the difference between a twin flame and a soulmate? A twin flame, uh, like I said, it, it matches you on a soul level. It is exactly the same. And there's only one in the whole entirety of creation that matches you on a soul level. Mm-hmm. Um, and a twin flame normally comes in and, well, for want of a better description just completely and totally turns everything upside down inside out and backwards and because the 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 two halves have met their equal so it kind of create you know create kind of a (laughs) implosion if you will Mm -hmm. and then a soulmate will come along and kind of help you wade through all of that and you know and help you see the light at the end of the tunnel or you help them so a twin flame comes in and completely turns your life inside out and upside down, makes all this profound soul change. A soul mate is simply someone with whom you vibe in your soul universe of souls that exist around you that will assist you and that you assist them on your path. So there's a reciprocating relationship there. So a twin flame is dating a Scorpio. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> maybe. That's what it sounds like to me. I don't know if you've ever dated a Scorpio, but... Well, uh, I've had my fair share of experiences, so I know what you mean. But, uh, <laughs> but I, uh, yeah, it, I guess that's a pretty good analogy. I, I can't argue it. <laughs> <laughs> so... Is, is a twin flame meant to be there for an entire lifetime? And um, if not, can a person have multiple twin flames in their lifetime? Well, your twin flame is your twin flame from the inception of your soul. So regardless of whether or not you believe in reincarnation, from the moment your soul is created, you have a twin flame. And does it change no it they're your twin flame throughout all space time through every lifetime they're your twin flame will you always have like a physical relationship with them on earth no you won't i didn't know mine my twin flame is actually on the other side so uh, i didn't know him when he was on earth so it's you know it doesn't change you can have multiple soulmates Mm -hmm. people that come in and out of your life you know for various reasons and some of those soulmates can last for years some of them could last for seconds but with their twin flame no it's 
static. It's permanent. It's who, it's the only other soul in the whole of creation everywhere that actually matches you on a soul level. So that cannot change. Hmm. Do you have, like, what if you can't find them or if they can't find you? Well, some people are actually on a search for their twin flame. And I always bring it to the front that you're already connected. There is a specific sort of what I like to call umbilical cord that connects twin flames mm -hmm. throughout all space and time. And when you are on a path trying to connect with your twin flame, you can actually draw them you can tug on that cord and draw them into your consciousness so that uh -huh. you actually can learn about who they are and they can learn about you. Uh, does it necessarily always mean there's going to be like a love relationship, for example? Uh, but it is possible to uh, locate them. Now, even if they were on, you know, Mars, which is also possible, <laughs> you can connect with them doesn't matter you're connected through that cord throughout all space and time wow well, it, it, so if, if, if I don't have to actually come in contact with my twin flame then how are they going to turn my life inside out and upside down and, and just totally make it a Scorpio mess well if you don't I mean no, I mean, you. I was never in contact with mine before I had my, my spiritual awakening and started on my path. But twin flames lead pretty much parallel lives. What happens to you happens to them and vice versa. So the energy, especially if your twin flame is going through some a lot and you have no idea, that energy can affect you. You're going to receive it. Whether or not you realize where it's coming from, you're going to receive it. Uh, as an example, um, my a friend of mine had a uh, their twin flame was very ill and unfortunately passed away, and she had never met him at all, and yet she dreamt in a dream the moment that he passed away, so she could feel. That connect, you know, that connection. And even though she had no idea, they were connected anyway, and didn't actually find out until uh. afterwards. So that moment of her dreaming about it was the moment that you know the conscious energy connected, and that started her down the path of I need to find out who this person is and how come I dreamt that this was weird and. And so there's always a precipitating energy or event that will bring your twin flame into your consciousness. You might not know that it's what's going on right away, mm -hmm. but there's always something, always without fail. So because twin flames, they want to know one another on some level because you're always connected. So you want to have that come into your consciousness so that you can actually draw one another as close as possible. So why is it then that when one twin flame when one twin flame dies, why doesn't the other one die at the same time? And does that one come of single flame? Well, 
there are multiple different schools of thought on that, but here's my thought. My thought is that the energy that exists is, it doesn't matter if it's on earth or if one person, you know, is in a, even another galaxy and another person's on earth, or if both people are on the other side, it doesn't matter because that energy transcends all of it. So if you've got like myself, I'm on earth and my twins on the other side, I had an experience when he passed away. I didn't even know it. Mm-hmm. And then why didn't I pass away too? Good question. Our energy is connected. Death is just the physicality of transition. Mm-hmm. I mean, because energy doesn't die; it, it just changes forms. So, it's it's not a necessity for us to be physically together because we're bonded by that energy that's at the core of us. Because it's it's the same. So this twin Ugh. flame will be with you through multiple lifetimes, not just a single. Yes, through every incarnation. Just like you'll be with them. Like, for example, if you, your twin flame will incarnate and you stay on the other side to act as sort of like a guide to them, um, that's possible as well. Both of you could be here on Earth. Both of you could be on different planets and different galaxies. Mm-hmm. The pos- it, it, We're trying to help folks understand that we don't want to limit it to just your twin flame has to be on earth because it the relationship itself the energy itself transcends all space and time so it makes it a lot easier when you think about that because there's not that pressure oh i must find them in this lifetime the the thought process there is that i've got i'm seeking i'm seeking i'm seeking but the problem is, is that you're already connected so once you realize you're already connected and you can actually work on that soul connection, trying to bring them closer to you, no matter where they are, it helps. It, it relieves some of that sort of, I guess, maybe panic of I need to find my other half, my twin flame. Just, it, it, what if somebody has a commitment issues? Like, I mean, having a twin flame sounds like a heavy-duty commitment for very long-term, multiple lives, transcending space and time. What if someone has... I've never had that question before, and it's a really good question. Um, because you're so similar, and you're so, you complement one another, you're not opposites of each other. You, can, you understand each other more on a different levels than it's it's very strange <laughs> it's a deeper connection mm-hmm. that anyone can realize and having that connection your twin will understand this mm-hmm. you know because there are roles within the twin flame relationship and they are called runner and chaser so they are just you know defined as they sound one twin is constantly running away from the relationship because they are afraid of it they're afraid of the commitment. They're afraid of the journey. They don't want to be on it. And then the other one is constantly chasing, going, it's okay. This is fine. Everything will work out. And then sometimes those roles will switch, you know, depending upon the situation. But so once people can actually understand that, and there are also stages, 
in the twin flame relationship that some of the stages in the beginning are pretty scary you know and they'll you'll want to run because <laughs> mm-hmm. you don't understand i mean you you go from one day being like completely and totally let's just say unknowing about anything having to do with the concept like okay had no clue to the next day you know pretty much finding out that there was this cosmic connection and going what does that mean so it, it gets pretty scary in the beginning and so for someone who just doesn't want to do it is it a requirement no it happens whether or not you're consciously aware of it how did you find your twin flame well (laughs) i was actually going through kind of a pretty low patch and i asked for divine intervention and i got down and prayed for divine intervention just to kind of get past what was going on which is pretty terrible and um the answer was I started on this spiritual journey when this guy I'd never met in spirit, even though I've been a medium my whole life, I kind of sort of had ground rules. And this guy busted through my boundaries and broke all my ground rules and just started talking to me. And it was only after um, I started learning about my spiritual team and going through angelic guidance that I was told about this concept and I said okay what does that mean and why do I care (laughs) you know and then I found out that this guy who just busted through everything and decided that he was going to come in and change my life basically was my twin flame and then because I'm a Virgo (laughs) I said really okay prove it and every after that every class I attended every conversation I had every anything I did basically the topic of my twin flame or the topic of twin flames was mentioned and so eventually piece by piece um, my team actually proved it to me Um, and so the result was really what we learned uh, for the book and then we put it all in the book Hmm. how can I find my twin flame The easiest way for me to tell you to find your twin flame is to sit in a quiet room, no distractions, no noise, get a deep breath, let go, and then you set your intention to bring your twin flame closer to you. The first thing that pops into your head helps to define the connection. So you can ask for, uh, like, who is my twin flame? The first person that pops into your head, whether Mm -hmm. or not you know them. That's not a requirement. Right. The the first thing that pops into your head is the first, is that is the first easiest step that I recommend. I I know what will happen. As soon as I clear my head, the first thing that's going to pop into my head is ice cream. (laughs) It always is. It never, I, I cannot, uh, it never changes. I actually, that actually sounds good right now. <laughs> ice cream. Um, the next step, the the next step that I recommend is 
um, after we have ice cream because ice cream is very important. Should I just be and, hanging at an ice cream parlor to find my twin right. flame? <laughs> like hanging well, out the ice cream stand and now, just wait? That's not, that's not too far off because think about it. The things that you're into, the things that you like, the things that mean the most to you mm -hmm. will also have relevance with your twin flame. Okay, so I should be podcasting at an ice cream stand. Yeah, sure. Why not? That sounds great, actually. <laughs> but the next step that I usually recommend is to look at the relationships that you have in your life right now and how you feel about them. Now, some people will have, you know, loving feelings about them. Some people will have not so loving feelings about them. But it's important to realize who you've got in your little sphere, okay? Because more often than not, the vibration of your twin flame is in your little sphere. So if you look at the people in, in your immediate, you know, sort of, I call them my group of folk, mm -hmm. and say, oh, how do I feel about this person? Even if they're not a love of yours or an interest of yours, if there's a, a, you know, just a little tug that goes in their direction, it's a possibility that at least there might be some kind of connection with that person. Um, and your twin flame might have a lot of the same qualities as this person. So that's the next step that I recommend is to look in your immediate or, or surroundings and see if there's any sort of, you know, not a feeling, just a pull, like a tug. Mm -hmm. It really comes from literally the center of your chest, like a tug. Um, the third thing that I usually recommend is if you are someone who is inclined, you can actually open your Akashic records. You can have access your energy in the Akashic records and literally ask the question, who is my twin flame? Your records hold all of the history of your of your soul. So naturally, if you go back to the beginning of that history, you know, it's going to record mm -hmm. who your, your twin flame is. And then you can ask the next question. Okay, well, does this twin exist in my current reality? If so, how? What's this person's name? Are they male or female? Do they even gender identify? You can actually ask every single one of these questions, which is what I did, honestly, um, when I first learned about the Akashic Records. I started, I asked every single question I could possibly think of and to get those answers. If you're someone who is not inclined to access the records, the next step that I would recommend would be setting your intention and trying meditation. When you set your intention, and meditation can happen in, your, in, a, in a space where you're literally intending to meditate. Mm -hmm. It can also happen while you're driving in the car, you know, when your brain is just kind of following the white line. That's a little mild form of meditation. Um, and it can happen, you know, in any setting when you're not hyper super focused on one thing. And I always set my intention to say, 
you know, give me give me a little piece of information about this. Because you you can have direct access through that he- that heavy little cord carries energy back and forth between you and your twin flame. Mm-hmm. So they know when you're speaking about them. And in the twin flame universe, most people acknowledge the sign of 11-11, like on a clock. 11-11 to be... supposed to be good luck or make a wish. Yes. But it's also a sign from your twin flame. Um, and so you can ask for signs like that. I know you're there. I'm bringing you close to me. Give me that sign. And it's going to happen. It doesn't matter if your twin's on the other side or if they're here that energy between you is going to generate that that sign. It has to. Because you're asking for it. Hmm. Just, you know, so and that that's regardless of whether or not your your twin is even cognizant of the entire concept of twin flames. It doesn't matter. The soul knows. Interesting. So we're just bringing yeah, we're just bringing that information from your soul into your conscious brain. Uh-huh. So that you can actually actively, instead of either searching and not knowing where to search, or or instead of um, waiting, you're actively going out there and drawing that energy close to you. Oh, I don't know. Even even meditating. I, I mean, my mind only goes to two places: ice cream and sex. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. It's just those two things. If I can get both of those things at the same time, then I guess I found my twin flame. Maybe. (laughs) But you can use that, by the way. Even though, like, let's say you've meditated and you're setting your intention. Mm -hmm. Um, You can say, okay, you know what? You know I'm going to think about ice cream. I want you to give me your favorite kind of ice cream. And the first thing that pops into your head is their favorite ice cream. Hopefully it's not gross like, I don't know, pistachio or some craziness like that. It's always chocolate. Exactly. But, and if that's what you get, great. Ask again. Okay, so do you like chocolate ice cream with something else? You know, you're going, when you focus on that connection even if you get things that are normal to you, mm-hmm. you can use that. Okay, you know what? I really need to think about about this. You know, ice cream. I'm I, I usually eat chocolate, but for some reason I've got like strawberry going really big in my you know to the point where now I have to have strawberry. You can use that. I know it sounds funny, yeah. but you can. I'm not doing. <laughs> I don't do those fruity flavors. Well, no, you you probably wouldn't like my ice cream because my ice cream is all mostly vegan. So you know, vegan. Um, yeah, it doesn't really. It tastes very different than regular ice cream. So. So it's like some kind of frozen. Oh, it can't be yogurt because yogurt's. What's it made out? No, it's usually it's usually Water? made from. Well, no, the stuff that I get is made from almond milk. I think. Spicy so. pops. Like those little things <laughs> in the plastic. <laughs> no <laughs> I'm not sure I don't know but um, 
you can use things that are familiar to you. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter, you know. What's your, you know, what's your favorite rock band? Oh, Electric Wizard. Oh, see, there you go. If this person has no idea who they are, mm-hmm. I don't know. I find it hard to say yes. That's my twin flame, and they wouldn't know anything about the kind of music that I like. Hmm. That's just an example. Yeah. I don't know though. Not many people listen to the same type of music I listen to. Yeah, but at least your twin flame would have knowledge of it. I think. It's true. Hmm. What is the benefit of me even bothering to find a twin flame when I've been doing just fine on my own? Well, many people have asked me that question and it's not so much that I set out to find my twin flame. Some people do. I did not. So I can't speak from quite that perspective. But the point of having a twin flame is to evolve the soul. The more you learn, the more you learn your life lessons. And sometimes you just need to learn it with someone who understands it from a completely different point of view. Like, you know, I can have a best friend who knows everything about me and will probably predict my reaction to everything. But she's not going to, or he, whomever my best friend is, is not going to understand from a soul perspective. Mm-hmm. And when you come together with a soul that that is match, matches yours, it's just, it's such an amazing and profound sense of knowledge, of peace, of wow that it it makes you want to learn more and so that's kind of how i was i kind of wanted to uh learn more and i think that i think that the people who are searching for their twin flame really just want that extra connection that connection with the other part of themselves who can understand them on a different and profound perspective. And I really do think that that is the point. Why do you think people want to be understood on a profound level? I think people just want to be understood. You know, because a lot of the times we surround ourselves with people who may or may not be only yes people. You know, yeah, I get what you're saying. Oh, yeah, you're right all the time. You know, and while that feeds your ego, it doesn't feed your soul. Mm -hmm. And I think people just want to be understood because that's who they are as a person. It's how they express themselves. And to have someone who understands you on such a profound and deep level I don't know that there's a word to describe that. It's It just feels mm, magical, I guess. It's kind of a good word. It feels to be able to express yourself and not have to worry about, you know, people dogging you or not understanding your word or, or you know, 
saying you meant something that you didn't mean and and having conflict where there shouldn't have been conflict you know having somebody just with all with everything you say you have people like that in your universe unfortunately to have the absence of that i think is really what people are looking for Hmm. where there's no arguments there's no need for conflict I ain't gonna say it, it doesn't happen because it does. Every relationship has, you know, especially the twin flame relationship. It's a up and down roller coaster most of the time. But it's only because they understand you on such a deep level, and you understand them on such a deep level, and that's pretty scary. Interesting. At least at first. <laughs> you know, like the idea of wanting to be understood. Now, I, I mean, this might be. Oh, chauvinist stuff to think, but I find I think like like yeah, you know, women in particular really want to be understood. Mm-hmm. Men, on the other hand, I don't know if we really care that much if somebody understands us or not. We're more like we just want to be like you know, left alone. I get it. I understand that. But I mean, wouldn't it be exciting for you if somebody just understood that you're? You know, this is what you need at this moment. Without having to be expressed. You can just say, well, you have to leave him alone for a while because Mm -hmm. he's, you know, he's doing his thing. Leave him alone without having it to be expressed. And they understand why you do what you do. Probably even better than you do. Mm. And I think... Nobody could understand me. Yeah. I think that's intriguing. I mean, I think that's a little exciting to the point that, you know, it almost goes, you know, it almost makes you think, like, how is that even possible? But it is. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, I don't think anybody's capable of understanding me. I don't even understand me. Well, I said the same thing. And honestly, with the twin flame relationship and the way it evolves and the closer that you grow to one another and the more that you understand one another, you surprise yourself. Because, you know, I excelled at being invisible. I didn't, I wanted people just to leave me alone. I mean, I was six feet apart before it was mandatory. I didn't, I mean, I didn't like being around people at all. The idea of talking like this, Mm -hmm. no way. Absolutely, 100% no way. Because I enjoyed not, you know, not being visible. I, invisibility was my, was my jam. I loved it. And I excelled at it. But once I encountered my twin flame and came to understand the whole concept and we began our journey, I began to go, well, maybe that's not what I want. And it started, it made me look at myself. And I think that's a lot of what happens during the evolution of the twin flame relationship is people start to look within and go, oh, is this, you know, am I genuinely groovy with doing this or do I need to change it up a little bit? Um, Yeah, because you can't be in the relationship and not actually do uh, self-work, introspective work. Because, mm. you know, what works for you right now, mm-hmm. which is fantastic, you know, 
and it's top it's top of your list for everything might not work for you tomorrow once you you know go through this sort of change and and go oh well how can i make that different how can i make it better how can i do this how can i do that and it starts to make you question and the more you self-reflect i know people are thinking like wow self-reflection i don't want to do that yeah who wants to do that (laughs) i didn't but it's just natural it's natural because if if it was natural wouldn't we want to do it you know like like natural is like wanting to drink water when we're thirsty not look at ourselves when we don't feel good well i mean i think what's natural is more of us to uh drink a lot of beer and smoke some weed or something yes i agree i don't disagree with that but in the context of the entire topsy-turvy upside down world that meeting your twin flame creates Mm -hmm. it's it, it is natural it does come naturally you sit there and go it's almost kind of like you want to be an improved version of yourself and you have to figure out what works for you like this would not i like for example i would never have done something like this previous you know i you know but for you know this entire relationship just completely and totally changed everything and it really does it does it mean that at the time I was going through everything that I literally sat down and said okay I need to look at myself no it means that through working through the process I I was able to get a different you know kind of sort of step outside myself for a second and, and look at myself in so, it through a through a different perspective so what did this person do or say to you to make you do that <laughs> truthfully he wouldn't shut up <laughs> he wouldn't shut up uh i yeah, I was very early on in learning about how to sharpen my mediumship, uh, and uh, I was looking for a way to shut to, for him to go away. I was definitely the runner in our relationship for a very long time, and um, but literally, it was the constant encouragement from him. You, you can do this. Don't be afraid. Everything's great. Don't worry about it. Well, I was literally falling apart on the other half of that relationship, so. It was just, I know this is gonna sound terrible, but it was really just someone giving of themselves unselfishly and trying to help me understand what I was going through. That really was what it was. Interesting. What was it you were going through? Well, at the time I had um, just moved to New England and on the day I moved there, I was sexually assaulted by someone I had known since I was a teenager and I had gone to visit uh, to say, hey, I'm here. And he thought it would be okay to do that to me and it wasn't. So that kind of started a big spiral. Yeah, that was downward. Yeah. And when it, I mean, when it happened 
you know, with someone you don't know, it's, it's terrifying. It's terrible. But I think maybe when it happens with someone you do know, it's even more so because then you start to question, wait a minute, was our relationship real? Was he really my friend? You know, did I waste all this time? You know, stuff like that. So it really, really, really set me on, you know, down a horrible spiral and to the point where I just wanted I just wanted a different life and that was my prayer it's like please can you end this life I need to be away from this life didn't mean I wanted to die I didn't want a physical death I just wanted different mm-hmm. you know I just wanted to to be released from all the pain that I was experiencing and I needed help to do that and so who better to do that than the other half of my soul who could understand exactly what I was going through? And that's what happened. He literally showed up. I don't know. I don't remember how long later. Two or three months later, something like that. Mm-hmm. So I was. it was a pretty profound thing for me because I just, to have someone you know, understand I have trust issues and I I have issues with doing mediumship and and I'm afraid of doing all this stuff and I like living in my happy little invisible box and I don't want you to come in here and mess with me. Mm-hmm. Having someone understand what all of that meant and understand exactly how to come in even though it was going to turn my life upside down in a good way. Mm-hmm. That, for me, was the profound moment. That was the first step for me. Hmm. So after your experience, so now you're like more outgoing and are you more confident in your mediumship? Very, yeah. I mean, I have actually studied with a lot of folks to to work on mediumship and perfect it. Um, But at the beginning, I didn't want to be. Um, I wasn't even interested. But now I, I am actually uh, more confident in uh, connecting with spirit and more confident in studying things that I never would have done before, never, and obviously speaking. I do public speaking now, whereas the concept used to terrify me. Mm-hmm. So I'm definitely not the same person, <laughs> that's for sure. So with the mediumship, like, does it, is it easier for you to open up and listen to them, or, or was it difficult for you before? Like, what was difficult, or like, what was the challenge there? The challenge for myself was that even though I'd been a medium since birth, I grew up in a very, um, I don't know how to describe it, very religious, mm-hmm. I guess, say, family, who um, kind of looked upon those things unfavorably. So the older I got, and the more that my gifts would come out, the more I would have to push them down and restrict them. And so it became really just all my communications would happen in dream state instead of, well, yeah, most of them in dream state instead of while I was awake. And I had to set boundaries and and to make sure that it didn't happen while I was awake because I knew I would get you know, I don't, I don't want to make them sound like they're, you know, 
terrible people because they're not, but I would get tagged by my family or my friends or people who didn't, who weren't open to that thing, that sort of thing. Um, and then after this awakening where my twin came in and kind of shook me up a little bit, it opened the door so far wide open that I kind of almost had no choice. I had to learn how to bring that out of my so you know unconscious into my conscious brain and then how to connect um a lot better with them and be more open um because i was very closed i know i'd have come i have spirits come knock at the door and i was just like no don't know who you are slam you know <laughs> so i definitely uh, am grateful that i could actually have the opportunity to really um hone and perfect my you know my mediumship ability and I think that's part of the whole sort of transformation part of the whole twin flame relationship because I couldn't have done it you know I would never have started on this spiritual path if my you know hadn't got that visit from my twin flame I call him Chico by the way it's his nickname Mm -hmm. Uh, so if I happen to say Chico you'll know who I'm talking about (laughs) Oh yeah, Chico. Um, was it was it hard for you when he passed? Um, like did it leave a gap? Looking back in retrospect, I would have to say yes, but at the time I didn't realize it. I had no idea. Uh, I just felt this humongous sense of grief and loss um and to the point where i was actually pretty sad and depressed and i couldn't figure out why uh at the time i was in college and you know i was so i stopped going to classes i stopped trying because i felt such a profound loss and um so academia kind of went down the tube for a little while because of that and then once I regained myself and got back on track and everything, you know, then I, st- I still didn't understand it. And I think for many years, I kind of, I don't know, pushed it to the back of my brain and never thought about it until all this, you know, stuff came out um, about, you know, starting my spiritual path and Chico coming to visit for the first time. So it, it you know, even today, like the anniversary of his passing was on Halloween and even though he's been over there for quite a while, I still sort of feel that tug, you know, on the cord that connects us. I do feel that tug, um, which kind of creates a sense of grief a little bit. Mm. Are you still able to communicate with him since you're a medium? Yes, which is a bonus. (laughs) So, So does he still talk a lot? Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> he does never, he never shuts up. It's just all, a tone, you know, if I want to tune in or not, because now I, it's, there's no off button ever. So now it's just a, okay, I'm not paying attention to you button. So, mm-hmm. um, but yes, no, he still has a lot to say. <laughs> does that affect you having romantic relationships now? Having a twin flame constantly talking to you? Like, like no. would, you, would you feel guilty? No, I don't, actually. No. Um, 
in my relationships that I've had since I discovered about Chico, um, I, I mean, once they get past the whole, I'm a medium, I talk to dead people thing, I think I'm okay, you know? It's usually the first thing that we talk about because like, I can't help it, it's going to happen. Um, but I know that my current relationship, for example, is not in competition with my twin flame relationship because there's two different purposes. There's two different meanings for each relationship. So one is a loving relationship that I, you know, with someone here on earth. And then the other one is a soul relationship where we are constantly working together and constantly evolving. Um, does my partner know about Chico? Yes. Um, he doesn't quite understand our relationship, but, um, but I'm open to answering any questions he has. Mm. Uh, so it doesn't actually, for me, I don't know about everybody else, but for me, it doesn't have much of it because I'm open about it. I'm open and I figure, you know, if they're curious, that's at least a good thing. So can you have astral sex with Chico? <laughs> it's possible yeah i have i actually done it well i think i must have done it in dream state at least you know um because i have profound memories of that experience even though i it was in a dream state so it must it must be possible um i'm not sure of another way that it's possible <laughs> if i gotta be honest but um but it has yeah <laughs> so I heard, I heard, I heard that could be better than regular sex. No. If that's what happened in my dream, I would probably say I would agree with that with you because it's, it's more than, it doesn't really have anything to do with physicality like it mm -hmm. does here. Um, it's more, I don't know, maybe more tantric, maybe, but it's a it's a loving it's a soul embrace it's like you're embracing the soul not the not the body not the human aspect so you know i yeah i would imagine it's you know <laughs> much better than that because yeah well how do people get hung up on the physicality you know mm -hmm. and sometimes that gets in the way so to have that experience mm -hmm where that's not even a factor is pretty amazing. I had a girlfriend once who said if I had a sex dream about another woman, I was cheating. Well, um, hmm. I don't know that I'd be inclined to agree with that necessarily because who can govern your dreams? I mean, I, I firmly believe that, you know, what we experience in our dream state has a meaning somewhere um whether or not it's just that we're fantasizing about someone else or or if this person like people communicate with uh, the easiest way to communicate with those on the other side is in your dream state mm -hmm. um but i don't know that i'd be necessarily inclined to agree with that statement yeah, um, i never agreed with it yeah no so i couldn't i couldn't help what i was dreaming about no, I think that that's just speaking possibly from a place of insecurity. I don't know, but 
I would not, yeah, no. <laughs> no, it, that would be the same as, uh, now what would be different is if I went to my partner and I said, um, hey, hon, I have this crazy wild dream and me and Chico, blah, blah, blah. He would be like, let's have a discussion about that. Um, so, so consequently, I don't do that. You know, mm -hmm. what's the point of stirring the pot when, you know, you know, you don't have to. Um, but no, I just think that, I just think that when people are feeling good and feeling secure about their relationship, that's the most important thing. I would agree. Interesting. Um, with the mediumship side of things, how does, like, how did you discover that you're a medium and how does it work? Every, every medium I've interviewed is slightly different for them. Um, well, I was actually born a medium, but my very first memory, I mean, my mom has a lot of memories of me as a toddler, but my first memory is having a conversation with a grandfather that had passed decades before I, I even was born. Mm -hmm. uh, and when I asked my mother about this person, she kind of freaked out. <laughs> yeah, Wait a minute, you're a kid. How do you know this person? So that's when I sort of discovered I was a bit different. Um, but I've always sort of had this connection. Even when I restricted it, um, I've always had this connection. And I wanted to I got into mediumship on this current spiritual path honestly to learn ways to be able to shut to flip that off button so that I could not hear Chico anymore uh, because I was running I was running and uh, instead I ended up learning with some of the most amazing people um, that you know no the most important thing was no you're not crazy that person is really there you know, and I had someone actually describe him to me, and I hadn't said a word. The person was like, hey, so what's up with this guy who's sitting up here in the front seat? He looks like this, and blah, blah, because we were in a car. He looks like this, and described him to a T, even down to the conversation I'd had with him earlier that morning. I lost it. I was like, wow, really? And that intrigued me. How does she know? And I was like, wait a minute. Is that what this thing is all about? You know, so that's kind of got me curious. And I got to sit in class with, um, you know, some really amazing people. And uh, that kind of propelled me. Uh, but how does it work? For me, I have actually have a process. I work in tandem with my spiritual team. I do actually sit and open myself up and meditate uh, for a few minutes just to kind of make that connection. And then my team is very involved. I like to make sure that whenever I connect with spirit, that they feel comfortable with me, that they understand how I work, that you know they're welcomed. So my team actually helps me welcome them. And when the communication is over, they're actually escorted back to the other side um, to make sure that they're okay, make sure everything, you know, they got to say what they needed to say, that there was nothing left over. Um, I'm, I try to be very compassionate because I know, I mean, how would my loved ones feel, you know, if they went to go to communicate with me through another medium and, you know, and they were, you know, kind of told no or something like that. Um, 
but for me, I literally um, can see who I'm speaking to um, plainly as I see you. Um, I also can feel them and hear them. So all of my psychic senses are used during that, during the communication. And I, um, I just turn it on and let it flow. I don't think there's a mechanical way to explain that. It's, it's like kind of like water going through a faucet. Uh-huh. I usually don't remember what is said during the sessions. And, um, but I, I do believe that, you know, I, I'm just nothing more than their voice. So I just let them say what they're going to say. Do you think that mediumship is something unique to certain individuals or it is something that everybody has the ability to do? If they work on it, no, it, it's my belief system that everybody has the capability of communicating with those on the other side. Um, it really, I mean, it's our it's our soul language. You know, our soul comes from there, um, so we innately know that language. We know that we can communicate with those on the other side. It's just a lot of the times, you know, belief systems get in the way or a not understanding of of what's going on or um or just simply most people just okay whatever Uh, sometimes they just don't even want to do it Mm -hmm. um it's really a personal choice i mean and there's nothing wrong with that but i do believe that that everyone can communicate do you ever come across spirits that don't want to communicate to their loved ones yes (laughs) I do actually, um, and for the most part, you know, if, if if it's my loved one, for example, and they don't want to communicate, I'll just thank them and let them go back. You know, uh, you know, and the same with someone else's loved one, because at least if I've tapped into them and they're if they've come close in any way, I'll at least acknowledge and thank them. And then if they don't want to communicate, I just simply say I'm not getting. A, a strong communication from them um, and you know we'll release them and let them go back um, I don't believe in putting words in spirit's mouth so I never um, I never try to force a communication I've had people ask me before well can you just like is it like can you just like dial a phone number and get a specific person you know and I wish it was that easy mm-hmm. um, but you know it's Spirit decides who's going to come through, and for the most part, I would say mm, the vast majority of the time, they're eager to come through. Sometimes they're so eager that you've got multiple folks coming in at the same time. Um, But for the most part, they really can't wait to be able to have that moment to share whatever piece of information they want to share with their loved ones. Wow. When you do this for people, um, do you find that, that, that your mediumship helps people deal with their grief? I do. I think, you know, at least that's my intention. That's my hope, my prayer when we, we do it. And I do get a lot of feedback where um, people are very happy. Uh, sometimes, you know, sometimes spirit owes their folks an apology or a thank you or a I know I was there and sometimes just hearing that 
can help their loved ones just, you know, feel so mm, loved. Loved is a good word because mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, maybe a relationship ended badly before, you know, a person passed away. Maybe there's something that's unresolved. To have the opportunity to do that, you know, for spirit, I would imagine would be just an amazing thing. Because from over there, they have a different perspective. They have a higher perspective. They understand that, oh, oops, yeah, I kind of messed that up there. Mm. I probably need to try to make amends for that. Or, or yeah, she really is going through some stuff right now. Let me have a conversation with her and encourage her. They, you know, they can see what we do. Um, can they see everything that we do? I hope not. Yeah. <laughs> the idea of my you know, mom seeing everything that I'm doing... Uh-uh. Well, do they want to? Maybe not all the time, but can they all the time? Yeah, hundred percent. So I guess that means I should feel guilty. Nah, I don't think so because I mean I used to, uh, I used to have the if someone would ask me, well, what if I'm in the shower, or what if you know, what if I'm having sex, or you know, what if you know I'm having my own personal private time and I don't want anybody to intrude? Well, spirit knows that. So, I mean, I don't literally, I honestly don't think they would literally sit there with popcorn and watch. I really don't. But, except Chico. Chico might, because he's crazy. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's terrible. So that means Chico's watching me masturbate? Oh, I don't know. I mean, I hope he not. could. I mean, he come could. on, Chico, give me a break. But I don't think he would. <laughs> Eating popcorn? Making it... <laughs> No, I, uh, I I like to, I, it's my understanding from, you know, my folks on the other side that um, some of them actually have, like, roles that they do. Like, they help others in their transitions and things like that. Yeah. And so some most of the time, you know, I don't think they really take the time to watch those personal moments that we have. But, but they know that, you know, when we're in a state where we need them, because mm. they're really just a thought away. You know, we think about somebody, boom, it, it goes through like a, like a page over there to them. So it draws them close to us. And, oh, I just dated myself, didn't I? I said like a page. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> it goes through like an instant message. <laughs> and, um, and they're drawn to us immediately. Um, so, I mean, in those moments when we want personal private time, we're not really thinking about, I'm like, I'm not going to want my dad around. You know, I'm not going to want my grandmother around, oh. and I think they do that. So, yeah, no, I don't think they sit there literally and watch every moment. Uh, but and just I think that they're that they're there for us when we need them. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think they they still assist us in ways that we don't are not aware of? Like, do you think that they still give us ideas and sort of nudge us in a way that is? You know, that they're still there for us. They're still influencing our thoughts and our lives and our feelings, even though they're not physically present. Yeah, I do. I actually totally 100% believe that because, well, I've seen it. I've seen it in the work that I've done, uh, that I do. I mean, in, you know, in connecting with spirit, spirit will give examples all the time of things that have happened during the day that there's no possible way anybody could know unless they were literally watching you on a camera, you know, or, like, for example, um, 
spirit often talks about um, moving things and making telephone rings and you know making their presence known in times when like there's a, a decision to be made um, yeah and and like for myself I'll be like okay I need you to help me make this decision give me a sign I ask for signs when I'm not fully on because I know they're going to come I'm not fully on all the time uh, because that just would be crazy. I'd be walking around in a constant state of, I don't even know, constant state of raised higher consciousness elevation, which... Oh, I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. It, well, just, see, see that's cool. something I would watch. Is you walking around in a constant <laughs> state. <laughs> Sometimes it kind of feels a little zombie-esque. <laughs> it's kind of like, uh, you know... Um, but I really do think that in those moments, when I do, I'll receive my sign that I asked for. And I think it, it happens. You know, mm-hmm. I think that they're, they're there to help us and do magical things pop into my head all the time. I can't take credit for it. I know it's coming from spirit. Um, my father, for example, on the other side, he's really good at playing songs on the radio. So he'll play songs on the radio that um, I'll go, okay, hi, Dad. And he just wants the acknowledgement. Hmm. So um, I really do I really do believe they're there to help us in whatever that we need. I really believe that. Some of it, I think, maybe he's learning to listen. Yes. Well, yeah, because, I mean, if they weren't that great at it while they were here, it's a learning process. The learning curve is pretty great over there. So they get the opportunity to sit and and try to listen and try to help, even if that wasn't necessarily their their style when they were here on Earth. And also, like, for me, it's like me learning to listen to them. Like, being able to recognize, True. like, well, maybe some other forces at work here trying to get my attention to make me make this particular decision, so maybe I should just do it and not overthink it. Mm-hmm. And a lot, and it's great that you said that because a lot of the times people just want to explain it away with some other kind of explanation, whether it's rationalizing or I don't know, but a different explanation than, hey, wait a minute, you know, my mom's trying to get my attention because it's easier to believe the rational explanation mm-hmm. than it is to actually really believe that. You know, folks on the other side are really trying to be there and help you. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Um, so before we wrap this up, do you have any advice for people um, that are trying to locate their twin flame or people that um, maybe need assistance with mediumship? And, um, you know, because like I say, I've interviewed a lot of mediums and, and I think there's just probably different types of mediums for different types of people. There are, yes. Um, Well, as far as mediumship goes, I always recommend um, that people try to find a local um, community, whether it's a circle or maybe a spiritualist church. Um, And also, there's a book that I always recommend that people read. Um, It's by one of my my first mentor. It's called The Complete Idiot's Guide to Spirit Communication. I really do recommend that book because it has answered, it, it answered every question that I had when I was starting off uh, on the beginning. Um, and so I always recommend that book. Um, when it comes to 
twin flames, I, you know, I offer myself to help uh, kind of help guide people through the steps. But really, the best advice I can give to people who are trying to find their twin flame is to trust yourself. Um, a lot of people will try to discourage you. A lot of people will try to tell you you're wrong. But you have to believe in yourself and and not be afraid to draw them closer and not be afraid to, you know, discover that it's going to be a roller coaster ride. <laughs> and uh, yeah, also, I, I, well, maybe, I mean, just maybe you don't have to consciously know who they, your twin flame is. It's not a requirement. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's just like, you know, you have an operating system going on in the background, and that's just that connection that never ends. Um, And what you learn gets transmitted to them and vice versa. And so eventually you will actually work together, even if you have no idea who one another is. So, but if you want to know, I do recommend, uh, you know, trying that, you know, sitting quietly and, and trying to meditate them and, and bringing through that that feeling. There's a specific feeling that you get. It's, it's almost like a tugging, like a pulling right in the center of your chest. And, of course, there are several steps that we discuss in my book, uh, Find Your Twin Flame. There are about 15 different processes that we go through um, with uh, various metaphysics, uh, everything from a numerology and astrology to spirit communication uh, and in the Akashic records. Um, and I do actually try to make it really easy for people who are who may be new to their path mm-hmm. to understand and work through all of the steps that are included. Awesome. And before we wrap it up, where can my, what is the best place for my listeners to find you and to find your book? Well, you can find everything on my website, which is lesliesampson.com. The book is also available uh, everywhere from Amazon to Barnes and Noble and Walmart. So it's pretty, it's everywhere. It's everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll post a link to your website and the notes to my episodes so my listeners can reach out to you if they need your services or want to purchase your book. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you. Great. And thanks for taking time to be on today. Thank you for inviting me. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Thank you. Hang on for one second. I just have to play the outro. Okay. Thank you.